Okay, so we're going to put your hands together for Diana Wagman and Francesca Leah Watt. Hi. <laughs> what should we start with? I don't know. Can we, can we go ahead? Well, we didn't really talk much before this, so should we talk about how we met? Yes. First? So I'll, I'll tell a story. So yes. um, I was very honored to be part of the Penn um, oh, judges for the Penn Awards for Fiction this year, and. Um, Diana was the head of the committee, and I got the books in the in my house delivered. Five boxes of Huge them. Huge boxes. <laughs> I'd never done this before, and I've never. I reached out to her, freaking out, like, "What do you do? How do you handle this?" And she's very calm because she's done it before, and she's won it before. So, um, it was yay! They, yeah, <laughs> thank you. That's how they roped me in. <laughs> so I felt like I had a, I was in very good hands um, with her. As and it was leader. such a delightful judging experience because we agreed on almost everything. Our third judge, we didn't agree with her so much. Is she, is she here? Well, well, then we can diss her. No. Um, but actually we did all pretty well get along. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It was a pleasure. And should we plug those books? We should definitely bit? plug the winner. His name is Scott Blackwood, and the book is called See How Small. And you will love it. It's really beautiful. It's really very dark beautiful. and poetic. Very dark and very <laughs> creepy and poetic. Yes. And can we also say who else we like? Yeah. We also really like Joy Williams' book of short stories. So yeah. Just... Just a little plug there for that. But mostly... Closer to the mics. Okay. But okay. mostly we're here to talk about Diana's book, which I'm and super excited about. Francesca's book, <laughs> which I really loved. Thank you. Well, my book's been out a while, but this is a brand new debut in YA for you, right? Yes. And so we talked a little bit about what made you choose YA after a history of writing for adults. Um, actually... This book was my daughter's idea. Um, briefly, I will say that my daughter, Thea, and one of the other moms from Carpool is here, <laughs> was horribly teased in Carpool and bullied about her belief in fairies and magical creatures. And they would not let up on her. And I would say to her before we would get in Carpool in the morning, shut up. And she would say, I don't care, Mom. I saw what I saw. And she was so tough and so committed to her beliefs. And it was really admirable to me. And many years later, um, she was sitting at the dining room table, and she read, was still loving fantasy like crazy, reading fantasy, 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 although she kept her beliefs to herself at that point. And um, <laughs> she said to me, wouldn't it be great if I could be a fairy and show them, if it turned out I was really a fairy, and I could just go back and show those boys? <laughs> and um, that's how the idea oh. was born. So I said, yeah, that would be great. Let's talk about that story. So, and then you said something about your publisher was. Yeah. So I I thought writing a YA, as you know, 
it's not easy. But I thought, oh yeah, this will be easy. You know, it's for kids, right? It's got to be easy. Well, it was much more difficult than I thought. So I did a very rough draft and sort of put it aside. And then my publisher said, We're, we want to do a YA imprint. You know, we want to start into the YA world. And do you have one? And I said, sort of. You know, it's really messy. So I spent three months solid rewriting, 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 and they took it. So that's how it happened. Did but it was 10 years after I started, almost eight years oh, wow. after the first draft. And that, was that because you were doing other things? Or yes, just, I yeah. put it aside and went on to other things. Like? Back to dark and <laughs> murder and <laughs> sex and drugs and the things but, I like to write about. Right, right. But so, see, so do I, but I, I sneak that into YA You too. do. Yeah. You're really yeah. good at yeah. it. You're the queen of dark <laughs> YA. Um, so, and, and also I write adult as well. So how do you think that, that and besides the fact um, that maybe some things have to be toned down a little, what other differences do you think? Well, I mean, you could probably talk to this better than I because I've only done the one YA. I think the YA really helped me learn more about writing adult, just writing in general. Because there's, it's not that YA is simple and it's not that it's um, less, well, here, less complex. It's that it's, it moves forward in a way that an adult book will meander and digress and go off into sort of other passages. Yes. And boy, with a YA, it seems to me, all the ones I've read, you kind of turn pages. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good thing to know as a writer of anything, how to make people turn pages. Yeah, and I think really in all fiction, um, from what I understand, agents are looking more and more, and publishers more and more for that kind of patron, even in the most literary of books. Right. Like, for even the Scott Blackwood, right? It's like, it's very literary, it's very poetic, it's very adult, but at the same time, there's a story that's making you constantly trying to figure out what's going on with the, with the murder, actually. Right, the, there's a murder that so, starts it, so, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, because do you go back and forth, or are you done with YA now. What do you think? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of done just because I've done it for so long and I'm really have kind of used up all those those experiences from my life and I write so much from my own life. Um, but I do think uh, there and I don't see a huge difference for me. I wrote a lot of my early books not even thinking they were YA and they were mm. published that way. So I just think that there's a lot about the only real difference I see is that your protagonist has to be of a certain age, going That's the other true. way, of a certain yeah. age. <laughs> and, um, of and, a certain young yeah, age. Yeah. And um, I guess that there's, we talked, I talked with someone here who was working on a YA book earlier about the nostalgia factor. You uh -huh. can't have that element, right? It's just the appreciation of the moment. And as far as the sex, drugs, rock and roll stuff, they actually want that, I think, you almost, you know, need some of that, right? I know. I went to a um, eighth grade class. I did a visit to an eighth grade class, and okay, so these are thirteen-year-olds, right? Eighth grade, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> Some of them looked like they were more like 18, but whatever. And I said to them, I go around the room, what are you reading? And half of the class said to me, Game of Thrones. 
And yeah. I, I, I was kind of shocked. It was like, that's a lot of sex and violence. Right, right. You know, yeah. for a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old. So, And I think there's there also are the younger kids or teenagers who really want some innocence and some sweetness in their literature and don't want to always... So I think there is some room for that in the market. I just think Good. that, you know... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think mine otherwise is for 10-year-olds. So No, I think there's a, in fact I hear from a lot of people actually saying, you know, that that they are looking for that sort of because they don't they're all forced to grow up so fast. Yeah. That there's something about picking up a book and just getting to be a kid, you know. Right. So right. and getting to be a fairy. Getting to getting be a fairy. To imagination. Oh, let's see. What do you want me to ask you? <laughs> um, I can keep asking. Well, what are the I thought I think this is an interesting question. What you're really known for Wheatsy Bat. Yes. Is that a good thing or has that been something you've had to really shed? <laughs> well, it's both. So I walk into a room sometimes and Wheatsy Bat and people come you know, it's something I wrote when I was twenty four. So I it's not what I want to be talking about today necessarily. On the other hand, I'm so lucky that people yeah. You know. I saw you at the Festival of Books years ago, and there were a hundred screaming teenagers. <laughs> we see that! Yeah, it's pretty great. And I've, I feel really lucky. So, yeah. Um, but I do think, do you feel, how do you feel about, um, well, you want, do you want to write more young adult fiction? or? Well, as somebody said, you know, this one has October in the title. Yeah. Oh. So I have 11 more months to go. <laughs> <laughs> Stupendous November, and then remarkable December. It could just go on forever. But, um, yeah, no. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I actually, I thought no, and then just lately, this idea has been coming into my head. So we don't even choose. They choose us, They right? choose us. It's like... It's the fairies talking, talking to yeah. me. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's the best. <laughs> What's your background with writing? I did. Um, I've written all my life. Probably most of the writers in here would say that in some way or another. Um, and I wanted to write for a long time, but I didn't study writing. I was not really an English major. I was kind of a film major and kind of a. There's a friend here from way back at college, and. Um, where were you? Where did you study? The University of Utah. Oh, wow. And I think I majored in skiing, actually. <laughs> it took me about nine years to get through college. Um, and I was a geology major for one semester, and I was a, you know, I just didn't know what I wanted. But I kept writing. That's what I loved, and reading I loved. Um, and it really wasn't, and then I thought I wanted to be a screenwriter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we're me and the rest of Los Angeles. Right. Um, I really thought that. And I went to the AFI. And, and then nothing happened. Um, I had an agent. I, had a, I was very excited to have an agent, but I couldn't even get him on the phone to fire him. I, I kept calling and saying, aren't you going to do something with my scripts? Aren't you going to do something? And he wouldn't even take my calls. So um, I wrote a novel because I just wanted to love writing again. Mm -hmm. I just wanted mm -hmm. to do something Which I love. Which is a great reason to write a novel. Yes, the only reason, really, yes. to write a novel. Yeah. And um, I did love it. It was great. 
it was wonderful and then it sold which was a complete shock to me and then I could call that agent and say you're fired I'm never writing another screenplay again well of course and I have gone on to yeah write and know. I was gonna say two things one is are you gonna write a screenplay for this because this seems like it would be such a natural is there someone out there who wants to option it for a whole lot of money? <laughs> okay, good answer, good answer. And also, don't you think that you can learn so much about plot and writing fiction from so screenwriting? Much. Especially so now much. when yeah. that's what people are looking for. Talk so again about turning pages. Right. You know, the whole idea of a movie is forward motion. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? How did you start writing? Um, I just, well, I was chasing fairies in the garden when I was little too and um, I think you know telling myself stories and uh, just always then started writing them down and just never stopped I guess um, same thing just really loved it and was very lucky to get Wheatsy published when I was young and kind of stumbled into it and then just kept doing it and so um, and it's certainly I've watched the publishing in industry change dramatically over the years. Yeah, because so. there wasn't really even YA when you. St- I mean, you're sort of on the forefront of that. It certainly wasn't a big like you it know, is now. Industry, you yeah, know, which has really shift changed things. I was I liked that I had to I was able to grow up in a pretty safe little world mm-hmm. um, at that time. I didn't you know. Uh, and and now it's it's become just like anything else. It's a business, so that's been interesting. It's forced me to kind of try new things and get out and you know. And has Witsy Bat been a movie? No, but it's been optioned many times, and it's once again out there and on and on. So it's been so like you could get a two for one here, <laughs> yeah. you guys. <laughs> if you all chip in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Well, it, oh, yeah. Shall we read? Yeah, but can I, one more thing yeah. can I ask you? Um, about, do you teach as well, right? I do teach. So what, do, where do you teach? I teach right now for Writing Workshops LA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. which is, uh, you know, uh, in my house. That's Eden Lepucky's? Is that It's e- Eden Lepucky. Yeah, Eden, yeah, Eden Lepucky. Yeah. And Chris, I don't see her. Um but yes, it's a bunch of writers, and we teach lots of classes, and we teach in our houses, so you get to see how we live, and it means I have to clean my bathroom <laughs> <That's> <laughs> at least once a week. So, And how do you run? Do you have workshops where people critique each other's? Yes. Way? Yeah. 90%. And, yeah. And what, do you, what are some of your tips for writers? How tips many writers are here? Because there are a lot of writers Skylight, here. Yeah. Um, and some that aren't raising their hands, but I know you are. You are. Um, my biggest thing is practice. I think writing is the only art form, and I, I would consider sports to be an art form like that, where people don't practice. Mm. I watch my daughter, you know, she's a cellist, and I watch the way she mm. practices That's hours a day without any thought of performance. It's just practice. And I think writers spend a lot of time thinking about, I'll sell this, I'll sell this, I'll sell this. And they should practice. They should just write for the joy of writing. Write about that bookcase. What does it look like? You know, just practice. Do you, how often a day do you work? Do you have time to work I try to work every day. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Yeah. But, you know, really. It's hard. An hour 
is good. Right. You know, I don't think anybody has to say, oh, you can only work, you can only write if you have eight hours a day to do it. You, you know, it's not that kind of thing. But I do have to get back to it every day, even if I just read something that I've written, because otherwise it goes out of my head and then starting back up is so yeah, hard. Yeah. So I try to stay with it when I'm in the middle of something. It is a muscle, right? Yeah, it definitely yeah. is. What about you? You have 12 steps? 12? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have 12 steps. It's like Writer's Anonymous. I, yeah, 12 exactly. steps. Exactly, that's what we're calling it. Um, yeah, I, I've been teaching um, about 10 years, and uh, when I started, it was all about just the way I wrote, which is super intuitively. You know, it was emotional, and mm-hmm. it was intuitive. And then I was teaching, and people were like, but I want to know the science of this, and that's mm. not how I think. But I forced myself to figure out a little bit of a formula to help people who are struggling with plot. So I came up with these 12 qu- questions, which are on my blog if you look under 12 questions in my name and blog. And they're very good. And, and they, it, was, it took a long time to figure them out, what, but I didn't know when I wrote many of my early books that I was doing it, but now I can write, I think, a little more quickly with that in mind. And I've seen it really help people develop their characters and their story problem and their arc, which is you know so important if you're... Well, obviously, so important. Yeah. So. Do you want... Go ahead, read. Yeah, okay, I'll read just the beginning of mine, and then I want to spend more time with you, because that's why we're here. Um, (laughs) So this is the prologue of The Elementals, which has been out a while, but... um, It's a wonderful book. Thank you. And it's it's not a YA book, um, but it... um, It's dark, and there's sex, and (laughs) drugs, and murder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is the beginning, little beginning. Did you cry... Did you scream? Did you try to run? Was it dark? Did you stumble? Did the leaves skitter and claw, rat-like, at your feet? Could you see the moon? It was full, that much I know. And that you were alone, wearing a striped t-shirt and jeans that hung too big on your hips, carrying your Hello Kitty purse when you left the dorm. We saw on the surveillance camera in the lobby But when it happened, did you speak in your soft voice with the lisp of the S trying to persuade? Did whoever took you notice the flash of your lashes, the dimples when you smiled, the way you ducked your head when you laughed? Did you smile? Did you laugh before you knew? Were you with someone you thought you could trust? You were too trusting, always too trusting. Did whoever it was know you were smart, much smarter than me, did better in school, though I used the bigger words, spoke up a bit more? Not anymore. Did they know you worked at a dog rescue center on weekends, that lost animals made you cry? Did they know that you had no idea how pretty you were, that you couldn't really see why people were so drawn to you? That you would shrug and duck your head at compliments, even from me, even though you told me not to when I did the same. But when it happened, whatever happened later, what did you think of? Did you think of your mom and dad? Did you think of the eyeliner and music boys you never made love to? Did you think of me? Did you think to yourself, Ariel won't give up. Ariel will keep looking. She will find me. I wanted to. I would have done anything to go and look for you. But my parents said no. How can we sleep at night with you there, they said. 
I couldn't explain that I would never sleep at night unless I went to the city where my best friend disappeared and did all that I could to try to understand what had happened to her. But then, and not the way I wanted it to, everything changed. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So, how old is your protagonist? She's she is just about to enter college, so yeah. Well, because this is so interesting, because yours is an adult book, and my character is like, it starts when she's four days from 18. She's a high school senior, so it's, they're very close in yeah. age, but mine is definitely YA, and yours is definitely not. And it's just interesting, so it's not just the age of the right. protagonist, right. it's... There's some sort of ineffable something about it. All right. Oh, and you used a large print. Oh, I did. I used my large print book, which I'm so which happy. That I, I don't have, I don't have need my, one of those. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to change my glasses. Um, but I think it's fascinating. It could almost be a, a study or it almost be a class in what makes a YA and what doesn't. You know, it's like so weird. All right. Much better. Now I can't see you, but I can see this. All right. Um, so I thought I'd just read a little bit of the first chapter, like two pages of the first chapter. And this is four days until my 18th birthday. It all started with an itch, a bad itch, a terrible bone-deep muscle-shuddering itch. Out of control, I had to scratch, had to, immediately. The itch started on the bottom of my right foot, in my shoe. I yelped loudly in class, couldn't help it, and Mr. Fleming turned around from the board. There's something in my shoe. I couldn't get it off fast enough. I was wearing my tall lace-up boots, my favorites, and I was cursing how long it took to get my boot free, my foot free. How could there be something in there, Jacob the jock asked. She never takes them off. The class snickered. Okay, so I wore those boots a lot, every day in fact, and for a moment I was kind of flattered he'd noticed. But the itch had taken over. I knew something hadn't actually bitten me. This was deeper than that. It came from way inside my foot, somewhere close to the bone. I peeled off my striped sock and attacked the bottom of my foot with both hands. Put it back on, Jacob pretended to gasp from the smell. P.U., his sidekick, Lance, echoed and held his nose. Juveniles. I was too absorbed in the itch to make a snappy comeback, if I could have thought of one. The problem was the scratching wasn't helping. It made it worse, made the itch stronger. I was feeling it behind my knees, all the way up in my stomach, a jittery, weird sensation. I couldn't help it. I started scratching all over. My arms, my legs, the part of my back I could reach. The class was laughing. I was practically crying. Scratching was useless. Finally, I sat on my hands and tried to will it to stop. I was starting to sweat, and I could feel my hair frizzing from the heat. Mr. Fleming frowned. All right now, Miss October? The class laughed at me again, and Mr. Fleming shrugged his apology. When people tack on the miss in front of my name, it makes me sound like a Playboy centerfold. <laughs> Years of teachers doing it by accident, and it still got a laugh. Ha, ha, ha. I think I need to go to the nurse, I said to Fleming. What I really needed was to get outside, take off my clothes, and roll on the ground so I could scratch all over. Go ahead, Mr. Fleming nodded. Be sure to get the homework from someone. 
I knew I looked ridiculous hobbling out of class in one shoe, clutching my books, boots, sock, and backpack. As I shut the door behind me, I looked back, but my fellow students had already forgotten me and turned back to the board. I was even less interesting than the dual alliance of 1879. <laughs> Typical. I'll stop there. Talk about sensory writing. I was trying not to, <laughs> to scratch when I read it the first time and now again. And I want to say another thing about Diana. Whenever I mention Diana's name to anyone in LA, literary scene, they're every bit world or whatever, people immediately have so Aww. much warmth and like positive, right? Like, look, you're all here. So, yeah, so. Thank you. It's very true. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> so, um, Questions? Should we ask? Have you asked questions? Yeah. Oh, Claudia, I can put my glass. Ah, there you are. Hi. So, you I'm not a craft person when it comes to that art of writing. Mm-hmm. But you made the distinction about YA and that adult. Formulaically, if, what is it that makes the distinction between YA and adult? I mean, besides like sex. Right. You know, your other books are really sensual. Mm hmm. So, besides that, what then makes that distinction between this is appropriate or this is this is what I'm going to classify? Well, I don't know exactly, except listening to Francesca's book, you would know right away that it was an adult voice, right? An adult, a book for adults. And listening to mine, I think you would know right away that it's for younger people. Not that everybody can't read everything. And God knows most of us in this room did not grow up with YA, right? We grew up reading... James Bond and Valley of the Dolls and I don't know what I read off my mom's yeah. shelf that yeah. looked appealing, you know, but it wasn't like I had any YA books at all. Um, well, this isn't a direct answer to that, but I will say, I say this to my students, um, I wouldn't worry about what genre you're writing. It's like, write your story, write it the best it can be, um, write it from your soul, and, and then you can figure that out and editors and agents will help you figure that out too and or you can start tailoring it more after you've written your draft and kind of right and I mean if you Does that limit you in the selling of the book to say to then to then always use that adjective this is a YA book yeah as opposed to this is a novel well it's been my experience that agents and editors and publishers like to be able to label things. They like to know where on the shelf it's going to go. So it's sort of good to have that in my mind when I, you know, I said, yeah, this is my YA title. Mm -hmm. This is a murder mystery. This is a, you know, romance of some kind. Um, historical fiction. They sort of like to know how to plug it in. But... Um, I think Francesca's really right. You have to write the story that you want to write. It's interesting, I mean, like, To Kill a Mockingbird, is that a YA 
book. It's certainly adult themes and yeah. issues, but the protagonist very is young. very Child. young. She, a, yeah, what is she, age. nine? Yeah. Something like that. Um, so it's an interesting distinction. It's interesting to think about, and I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something that you read a book and, you know, be, believe me, if you read a book that's for third graders, you can tell the difference, right? You get it. It's a, a different vocabulary and stuff. But I just um, read a book and reviewed it, and it had big words in it, and it was supposedly for 10-year-olds. And, you know, I guess she was sending them to the yeah. the dictionary. You know, it's like, learn something new, kids. What is this murmuration of birds? You know, what does that mean? So, it's great. What about, and not to be the whole genre thing, um, the ground, but the genre, I know there's now this genre of musical, this kind of like, yeah. Other than that, Right. Well, then I could have my drugs and my sex yeah, yeah, and yeah. my murder and bestiality, <laughs> <laughs> and and still call it YA. Um, I think that's really interesting. And you know, they say the the largest group of buyers for the young adult market, particularly the older young adult market, is women over the age of 25, like 25 to 35, probably, well, you're too young, but yeah, see, you're in that there. Um, It's, why? I mean, that's a marketing thing, to be able to say it's new adult, then you know right where to go on the shelf to... Right. <laughs> I'm a new adult. And you know, you might get that bestiality in there. <laughs> Janet? I'd like to ask a question about magic and the, the imagination. Um, there are more and more people reading fantasy. But at the same time, does it feel to you that people resist fantasy, or is it groups of some people? Uh, I mean, some people are finding it difficult simply to read fiction because they can't suspend the disbelief. It's, they want a real story. Uh, and now, but both of you write with the magical sense. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, have you seen who's running for president? I think we're inundated with fantasy. <laughs> um, or fiction is too real. I don't know what it is exactly. Um, I, I know, I said an hour without politics, but I We can't, we can't. Um, Impossible. I think people want magic in times of trouble yes. and stress. Yeah. We want to know that... There's a there's a reason, or there's somebody looking out for us, or you know. Yeah, I think I think um, for me, I'm really interested less in fantasy and more in magical realism, where we see the magic in everyday life and appreciate it. And I think that um, 
And that's how, what your book does, right? right. It, it starts in the real world, and there's these elements. So I think I agree entirely that that, um, that need for, for something more than our daily existence um, and it doesn't have to be through magic it can be through beautiful words you know in your books it's it's the it's the language the poetry of right. it right that that transcends that it's it's a captivating um, plot so it's Janet Fitch everyone <laughs> they're all like wait what what kind of language but yeah so yeah so I think there is a need but for me personally I like I like both I I don't want to escape entirely I want to relate the magic to my everyday because it feels more comforting to me than in that way. Yeah, but I, I think you're right, too, that people have big resistance against it, but if you think about television, there's, I think there's a lot on television that's fantasy these days, and devils and angels and you know, magical creatures it seems. Um, and certainly books like Gone Girl and The Girl on the Train are fantasies of a kind. You know, they're not what most of us experience in our everyday lives. And those kinds of big mysteries are, you know, take us out of our regular life in the same way as a fantasy. Yes. It's me, Diana. I see you. <laughs> I have a question about um, point of view and, and deciding in both cases, in both of these books, to, to work in the first person. And when did that happen for both of them? Um, right from the beginning. I never thought of October any other way. Um, in other books of mine, I've struggled back and forth between third person and first person, and, um, but not in this one at all. October, you know, I guess she's a little bit like me. I was a, such a nerd in school, and she is a nerd, and I was unpopular, and she is unpopular, and so it was easy to go there. Painful sometimes <laughs> to go back to high school. Never in a million years would I <laughs> wish that on anybody, but um, so yeah, it was right from the get-go. It was her voice that I heard in my head. Yeah, I um, I tend to gravitate toward first. I find first a lot easier um, for me because I can become the character and really uh, feel create the close uh, world you know world through their eyes. Um, but I think my most popular book is actually in third, and some of my favorite books are in third. And I think third is much more difficult ultimately, but can be very powerful. Um, I just think it gives a different, a very different feeling. Distance. Like, yeah. And like in the Joy Williams books, uh, right. stories, almost all of them, my favorites are in third. And a couple, that, a few that are in first, I didn't feel. So, but she's a master of that. I don't know. It's, it's um, I think, though, whatever voice kind of, as you said, just naturally comes out for the story is usually right for it. It's sort of that instinct. Yeah, but then you might fight with it, might struggle yeah, with yeah. it. Or but switch around. You know, I did a seminar on um, books that move around in point of view, and my favorite example is Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates, and uh, there's the, the chapters told in the we voice, and the chapters told in Marilyn's first, and the chapters told in her mother's first, you know, and it all, the reason I think it works is that um, metaphorically it expresses the fragmentation of, of her, you know, so I think you can play a lot with point of view as long as there's some reason, but you may not know what the reason is until later. Right. I have a question, Diana. 
Yes. That's my publisher, <laughs> and I won't say it here, but the ebook is only a dollar ninety nine. But I won't say that here because we're in a bookstore. Um, they put them all out at the same time. Um, the hardback they thought um, libraries, libraries schools, schools yeah. and the paperback they thought people might actually buy. So people buy both. Yeah. So go figure. I mean, it used to be you got a hardback, and then a year later, right, a, yeah. a paperback came out. But my care and feeding only came out in paperback, and then life number six came out in both at the same time. Also, yeah. Yeah. So I, maybe it's a trend, or maybe it's just my cheap-ass publishers. I don't know. I They're not here, right? <laughs> They're not here. Like our other judge. <laughs> we have to be careful. <laughs> we love her, though. We do. <laughs> questions? Squeak, squeak. Writing questions. Come on. Bring Anything? Okay. <laughs> Time to drink. <laughs> yeah. And she made chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, there are a few <laughs> cookies left. That's why everyone Thank likes you. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> so much. <laughs> My baby. <laughs>